0: These video classes are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. I'm Warren Berkeley, and we are continuing our study in the first epistle of John, 1 John chapter 1. And you will discover in verses 1 through 4 what is sometimes called the prologue, or the introductory statement, where the apostle John tells us where he is headed in his writing, He is writing concerning the word of life who has eternal existence. The word of life is Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. He was manifested, witnessed, proclaimed, died, and was raised from the dead. John and the other disciples heard him, saw him, and touched him, and they delivered the message, the gospel, so that sinners could be forgiven and enter into fellowship with God. Let me say, these connected themes are affirmed in the prologue and then developed in detail throughout the rest of the letter. In this video, we will continue our encounter with the text. In 1 John chapter 1, I'm reading verses 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, And the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I want to begin our study this time with a principle you will discover throughout the Bible, and it is embedded tightly in this passage. In the Bible, in the New Testament, and in the writings of John in particular, there is a connection between who God is and how we should live. I want to take a moment to develop that, to lead us into verse 5. There is this vital connection between who God is and how we should live. Here it is in John 4, 24. God is spirit, therefore we should worship him in spirit and in truth. Here it is again in 1 John 4, 7 through 9. God is love, therefore we should love him and love one another. We could develop this in many other directions. God is truth. Therefore, we must walk in the truth. God is merciful, and we are to be merciful. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, God is holy, therefore be ye holy. There is this important connection between who God is and how we should live as his people. I've made that point to take us to the passage here in 1 John where it says God is light. Our response to him should be to walk in the light. As we walk in the light, we confess our sins and we enjoy cleansing from all unrighteousness based on Christ giving his life for us. That's the thrust of this passage. Let's go back and concentrate on the individual components of that thought. The message John and the other apostles proclaimed directed to people, directed people to the true God, who is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. You may observe throughout John's writing style what might be called oppositional format. John wants us to know the difference between things. Truth and falsehood. Christ and Antichrist. And here where we are in 1 John 1, light versus darkness. In the Bible, darkness is a figure that symbolizes ignorance, sin, and alienation from God, the devil and his agents are styled the world rulers of this darkness in Ephesians six verse twelve. Their dominion, their domain, is the power of darkness, according to Colossians one thirteen. In the Bible, light is a figure that symbolizes wisdom, righteousness, fellowship with God. Christians as a result of their active faith, are said to be light in the Lord, Ephesians 5 and verse 8. Children of light in the same verse. So, God is light in the ultimate sense, in the highest sense. There is always some inadequacy in expressing the essence of deity to finite human beings with language. When Paul was caught up into paradise, he heard inexpressible words. Something he experienced in that realm could not be put into words, according to 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 4. So the essence of deity cannot be perfectly expressed in words, but the Holy Spirit has selected certain words to put into our minds the nature of the person of God. And here it is, God is light. His essence is comparable to light, powerful, pure, penetrating. We know God to be the creator of light. You remember in Genesis, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God's work of creation came out of his essence, his nature. He is light. Thus, it was natural for him. To create light. Now, John, after affirming this about God, adds for emphasis this phrase, In him is no darkness at all. John wants to be clear. So he states this from the positive standpoint about the essence and nature of God. God is light, therefore he provided light in creation work. And then to reinforce and emphasize what he said, John states this negatively. In him is no darkness at all. James spoke of this in James 1.17. With God, there is no variation. James said there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is pure light. No discoloration, no hues or mixture. One translation says, in him there is nothing dark. So John says, this is the message which we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Because of what John is about to say about our behavior, he needs to begin with this assertion about the very nature of God. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And that leads to this in verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I want us to get hold of part of this, and then we'll supply the rest of the thought. It says, If, We say and do not practice. This is about when speech and practice are not the same. We say or claim one thing about our relationship with God, but our practice in life, our behavior, doesn't match what we say. That's what John is talking about. So let's go back to the verse and supply the remaining elements. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. It is one thing to claim to be a child of God, to say, I'm in fellowship with God. It's another thing to live daily from the inside out in fellowship with him, practicing his truth, walking in. In his light. See, behavior is the real test of fellowship with God. Not just what we say, not just knowledge and association and claim. Behavior is the real test of fellowship with God. But John goes further. He says if we say that we have fellowship with God but walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Sometimes we may be quick to call someone a liar. Sometimes when we have no objective evidence of dishonesty. John is not just throwing around an insult. John addresses the situation where there is obvious evidence of inconsistency. A person says one thing, but how they live shows. They're not what they say. It doesn't matter what anyone says about his relationship with God if he's living in darkness, not practicing the truth. He is a liar because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Sometimes people claim something that is never verified by corresponding behavior. Behavior is the real test of fellowship, not just what we say. God is light. So if I'm really in fellowship with God, I'm walking in the light. Behavior is the real test of fellowship, not just what we say. And that's how we begin in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I hope each one of us can see early in this study that we must tell ourselves and others the truth about our relationship with God. We should not claim what it is not. I could put it this way. If we say we are Christians, but we do not live as Christians, John says what we are, liars. I must use the word of God to examine myself from the inside out to determine if the standing that I claim and tell myself about is real. With God? Am I really a child of God in both claim and conduct? Verse 7 But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in darkness, that is, live in sin, it doesn't matter what we say about our relationship with God. John says we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Our walk, our daily behavior must be in keeping with the God we claim to serve. He is light, so to live in harmony with him means to walk in his light. Now, my understanding of this at this particular place, is the phrase fellowship with one another is vertical, not horizontal. I believe the context here is about fellowship with God. Many other passages in the Bible address the consequent fellowship we have with each other in this context, back up in verse 3. I believe the subject here is Our fellowship with God. If you want fellowship and cleansing, you must walk in the light. Is there any doubt about that? If you want fellowship and cleansing, you must walk in the light as God is in the light. This is possible because the word of life was manifested, became flesh, and died for us. That's Jesus, and he gave us this. All right? Let's assume you have read this and you've decided you want to walk in the light. You want to step over into the light through baptism and then you want to live there, walk there, stay there. You not only want to claim fellowship with God, you want to behave in your life so that the claim is validated. You want fellowship and you want cleansing, so you walk in the light. But what does that mean? What does it mean to walk in the light? To find out what it means to walk in the light, just keep reading through 1 John. And here's what you'll find. Confessing your sins, keeping the commandments of God given through Christ, loving your brother, not loving the world, testing the spirits all the way to the last verse in 1 John, keep yourselves from idols. You see, if you want to know what's involved in walking the light, don't stop at 1 John 1-7 and try to figure it out by focusing on that phrase. Just keep reading. In our case, we're going to keep reading and studying over the next several weeks, all the way through 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. And we will learn and review what it means to walk in the light. Talking is not enough. The real test of fellowship is our walking, our behavior. If the truth of God and the love of God really abide in your heart, that divine influence will always exhibit itself in obedient behavior, walking in the light this is real because of him who died for us if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us in the preaching of the gospel the apostles said to their audiences folks you have a problem Sin is the problem the gospel of Christ was given to solve. So in preaching the gospel, you announce the problem. You convict lost people of their sin. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin is the problem the gospel was given to solve. It is true. In obeying the gospel, you are forgiven. And in Christ, as you walk in the light, you enjoy the cleansing promised in this context. But this doesn't mean that after baptism you just live in denial of sin. You must, in fact, be vigilant and penitent about sin all of your life. As John teaches down in chapter 2, he's writing this letter, that you may not sin. We should endeavor every day to consistently walk in the light. But if anyone sins, and when we sin, we must own it, confess it, repent, seek forgiveness. Those who deny their sin compound their problem with a lie. Whether you've been baptized or not, this is so. If you sin and then deny it, you compound your problem with a lie. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Ignoring my guilt, I deceive myself and I prove the truth is not in me. We'll return to this point when we come to verse 10. So here we are in verses 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. In verse 9, get a hold of this. God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us if we confess our sins. This is an example of a conditional promise. If you want the blessing promised, you must participate in the condition stated. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. While confession of sin is explicit in this verse, I think there is also something implicit, and that is penitence. <clears throat> I mean, if you confess, if your confession is simply a verbal admission of sin, but without repentance, God doesn't accept that. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen teaches us, He who covers his sins will not prosper... But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So walking in the light means penitent confessions when we sin, being vigilant and penitent about sin until we die. When we live this way, we can know God fulfills his promise. He is faithful and just in this matter, in all his dealings with us. Now, verse 10, at first, seems to just repeat verse 8. While both verse 8 and 10 bring us to the same conclusion, the wording is different, and there is apparently a difference that needs our attention. In verse 8, if we say we have no sin, in verse 10, if we say that we have not, sin. However, someone states their claim of sinlessness, there's no validity to it. John gives no opportunity for anyone to word their claim in such a way as to technically escape guilt. Whatever tense they use, whether they're talking about one sin or many living in it or committing a couple. John gives no opportunity in his wording for anyone to escape the guilt of sin. The other difference between verse 8 and verse 10 may be more significant. In verse 8, the one claiming no sin deceives himself. In verse 10, the one claiming sinlessness makes him a liar, and his word is not in us. It is one thing to deceive yourself about your guilt, but verse 10 moves to a higher level, <clears throat> making the Lord a liar and proving in our boasting that his word is not in us. Here's what I want to do as I begin to wrap up. I want you to listen to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, which is the entire chapter. and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Here's where I want to take us. You cannot be close to God and close to sin at the same time. I know that sounds so simply elementary, but you derive that right out of 1 John chapter 1 and everything else the New Testament says about God and sin and the remedy that Christ died to provide. You cannot be close to God and close to sin at the same time. Walking in darkness, you cannot see others. You cannot see obstacles. You cannot see threats. You cannot see yourself truly. You cannot see God. You cannot see God and Christ in heaven. Walk in the light. Real relationship with God is more than just knowledge, emotion, association, and claim. It is reverence for God, love for Christ, commitment to what the Holy Spirit has revealed that finds daily expression in how we live, walking in the light. Thank you for being with us.